Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of Ash to, uh, to say. You can grab your seats. Um, yeah, I am juggling. Been juggling for, well, if you count marriage is starting to have to juggle, that's coming up 10 years, but kids certainly feels like you're juggling uh, other people and their needs and their wants and your own wants and life and all of that stuff, but the juggle is good. The juggle is good and I will never complain about the juggle because it's what I dreamed of. It's what I hoped for. It's what I prayed for many years ago. Never complain about the things that you prayed for coming to pass. Even when it's hard sometimes. So, <laughs> that's my dad calling out, by the way. So, I'm not going to get uh, annoyed with that call out. What's, the, what's that word? Heckle. <laughs> he may heckle because he's my father. And I know it's always encouraging, so it's not really heckling. So this morning, while I have you with your ears open and your beautiful faces looking this way, I've got something to share that, you know, in my heart, it's, it's really just a prompting. I believe it's a word that will not give you a whole lot of answers, but maybe a prompting to go and search for answers from the one who can give them to you. And so it's my great privilege to be up here and be used by the Lord this morning. Um, before I go into it, though, I know some of you will be aware that over the last week we lost a dear friend of our church, um, Jason, Jason Ryan. Uh, he passed away, and uh, I know many of you are grieving that loss. It is a great loss to our church family, and and um, he will be greatly missed. And, and we will keep you up to date, church, with um, funeral details. It is most likely going to be here at our Seaford campus, but when we have more info on that, we will let you know. Um, and so it is, it is a sad time, and loss is never easy. Uh, but we know that he knew the Lord, and so we can have great joy and peace in knowing that. So this morning, my message is titled, Work It Out and Walk It Out. Work it out, walk it out. It, I'm referring to, is your calling, your purpose, what God designed for you to do. You know, one of the greatest philosophical questions, especially in blessed first world nations like ours, is who am I and, and what am I meant to be doing with myself? What, what was I, what am I here for? What is my calling? And, and some people don't like the word calling. Um, there's some connotations with it sometimes when people are just trying to get by and they hear some 22-year-old going, oh, just trying to work out my calling. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to get stuck in the wrong thing. I don't want to, I just, just trying to work it all out. Just trying to work out my calling. And it can almost seem a little self-absorbed sometimes. And, and for some of the older people who have been just walking through the trenches and trying to get by, they kind of roll their eyes sometimes, maybe not physically, but internally. Okay, okay, you work out your calling and I'll go pay the bills. I know, uh, I know my, my parents, who are amazing parents, my dad's here in the, in the second row, my mum is leading kids' church this morning upstairs, and um, they have four children, I'm number three of four, and they've still got a fourth child who's an adult now, and he is working out his purpose, working out his calling, and, and they are supporting him in that. And, and so it's a real thing, but you know, it, it isn't attached to an age, and so 
for, for some of you here, you're still trying to work it out. And it's okay if you're not 18 to 25. And if you're older than that and you're still trying to work it out, that's okay. And I hope my message this morning can speak to you. And if you are a teenager, I hope that my message can speak to you this morning and the Lord will start to show you what your purpose is on earth. And, and for everyone else in between, I hope the Lord will also show you what's next for you. The reason we all have this big question as to what is our calling is because we are built purposefully with a design to do something. You know, you're not just just designed to be somebody. You are designed to be somebody who knows somebody to then do something. That's the reality. If we weren't designed to do something, then we don't need this earth. We don't need to be here. What is your something? What did God, the maker of the universe, design you to do? So we've got to work it out. We're going to be a little confused and a little lost if we start walking it out before we've worked it out. I believe the Lord wants to help us not only work out what our calling or purpose is, but ultimately walk in it and continue to walk in it until he decides the last day. In Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you will know this, some of you, this will be a memory verse from, uh, you know, years ago. For some of you, you've heard it before many times in church. For some of you, you use it as an encouraging scripture when you're talking to other people. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I recommend to memorize that one. Put it up somewhere on a mirror, somewhere where you can see it all the time. That wasn't just for Jeremiah, it's for you and I as well. And the thing that stood out to me this week I was, as I was preparing this message was the fact that it says, for I know the plans I have for you. So God knows, doesn't mean we know. And that's the tricky part, right? But what next, what next? And you know, I know that our wonderful, wonderful Lord doesn't want to leave us in the dark. The way I know that is in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so he doesn't want to keep you in the dark. He doesn't want you to just blindly follow him, although that's a beautiful faith thing to do, but that's actually not who he is. He doesn't plan to leave you in the dark and just go, I told you to trust me. That's not what a good father does. Our Father's intention is to illuminate his plan to us so we know where we are going and we know we are on the right track. My first point this morning is when trying to work it out, we always need to start in the Word, in Scripture. All purpose is found and begins in Scripture. We can look at Joshua. I'm talking about Joshua from the Old Testament. Joshua was commanded by God to follow the law that Moses had written which was the only Bible available at the time, which is kind of hard for us to imagine. Literally the only physical thing for him to read and follow was what Moses had written down. And God promised Joshua that if he followed the law and not stray from it at all, he would prosper and be successful wherever he went. And so like Joshua, we know we can accomplish God's purpose in our lives if we start in the word in truth. And I can speak from experience 
from not doing it this way and then finally doing it this way, that we have a much easier time of working it out if we would commit to searching scriptures daily, making sure that we th- what we think to be true is actually true according to him. And let me just also quickly say that while my message is, is really about prompting you to seek him about your unique calling, I do want to mention that there's a general instruction in the New Testament for all believers, and it can be found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. That's our general instruction. You, you and I and, and, you know, my mom upstairs and the person that you know that goes to another church, none of us are excluded from that general instruction. If you love Jesus and you consider yourself a disciple, then that is your general instruction. And I would say, that well, that's all of our calling. Also, every believer is called to go and make disciples to spread the good news and to advance his kingdom. So I could almost leave it there and say, well, let's finish up early and uh, go out and on your way. But we know that God has designed us uniquely and purposefully and that you different to me, I'm different to my husband, different to every single person in this room and every person not here. And so there's a unique calling on your life. There's a specific instruction along with that general instruction. They're not opposed to each other, they complement each other. You can, in fact, do them simultaneously. So how do we work out the unique instruction over our lives? I can tell you if you're doing the general instruction, you're on the right track already. And and we're we're in an amazing church where uh, we do. We we go and do that stuff. We we heal the sick. We you know, we had a testimony of it this morning. Um, we are intentional about evangelism and, and I'm so glad to be part of a house where we're not ignoring that general instruction and not consumed and self-absorbed with my calling. However, it's important. So how do we work it out? The thing is, we've got to know the voice of God. We have to know the voice of God. He knows the plan he has for you and he knows it's good and he doesn't want to leave you in the dark. So how does God speak? Let me list some of the ways. In dreams and visions, with his still small voice, sometimes with his audible voice. You better listen when it's audible, I can tell you that. Prophetic words and pictures, sermons, confirmations from others, and the wisdom of leaders. And none of these should ever contradict scripture or his character. If you are feeling like you are not sure what you are doing or where you are going, ask him to show you. Stop and listen. Give him time and space to speak. He will speak into your purpose. He will show you. He will not leave you in the dark, I can promise you. And being confident that you have worked it out can only come from being confident that you are hearing the voice of God. I came up with this, what I think, I'm pretty proud of this, this cool little uh, instruction for you, I guess I would say, a hot tip from me, and it, and it has a nice little... Um, way to remember it. So this is how you can hear the voice of God. Read, of course I'm talking about reading scripture. Read, pray, pause. The pause is for listening and meditating. Repeat. Let's say it together. Read, pray, pause, repeat. And when I wrote that down, I realized there's a little pattern. R-P-P-R. That's for free. Read, pray, pause, repeat. 
It's so important. Nothing substantial will come unless you're doing that. Point two this morning, taking the first step. So we need to work it out, but please don't stop there. Please don't get consumed with working it out. I've been there. It's such a waste of time. We've got to walk it out. We've got to take those first steps. One of the things I found myself, I find myself saying out loud is, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. And I know this is cliche, but I'm a mum and I'm a wife, and a lot of the time it's looking at the house and how everything's out of order, and I, I don't know where to begin. And so I'd normally pack, at that point, I pack up the kids, get in the car, and I just leave the house so that I don't have to look at it, and I don't need to begin. It's still there, and somehow it gets worse, even though I've left the house. I don't know how that works, the dust or something. But, you know, we don't know where to start often. Sometimes it can be career choice. Sometimes it can be studying. Sometimes it can be when you have worked it out and you just don't know, I don't know where to start now. And you kind of just feel stagnant. It's very normal to feel stuck or unsure of the first steps to take. If you've worked it out, the next thing to do is start walking it out. The thing is, God's design and purpose for your life is probably going to look pretty different to your plan. And it's maybe not what you expected. Sometimes we have to trust that if we step out in faith and take one step, two steps, even when we don't have the whole map of blueprint in front of us, that he will show us and illuminate as we go. That's who he is. I want to give you a really quick uh, get-to-know-me story, I guess, from my own experience. And just so you know, my heart in this is that I certainly haven't had... uh, a life of getting all of this right, but I I am so thankful and grateful for the grace and mercy of God in my life to help me get back on track. And, you know, as a young believer, as as a teenager who loved Jesus and was, you know, working out who he was saying I was and um, beginning to understand scripture a little more and in church, I was still pretty self-consumed with creating my own plan for my life. And this is as a believer and someone who really loved Jesus. So at 17, I was working really hard to get a good enter score, which is now, I think, called an ATAR. But you know what I'm talking about when you finish VCE. And I'm talking working really hard. I I had decided that I wanted to do really well so that I could then get into a particular uni course and hopefully do really well. And and at the end of the day, my uh, intention was to make a lot of money. That that was what I wanted to do. all of that wasn't totally about me. I had, in, you know, the, the heart of, okay, if I make a lot of money, I can help out my parents or I can make sure I'm not worried about money for the rest of my life. I can maybe give to a charity. All of that, right? But I was so self-consumed with making up my really good plan and my own blueprint that I'd forgot to pause and ask the Lord what his plan was for my life. And I don't believe that it grieves God to, to make plans and, and to be ambitious, but it certainly uh, doesn't help us if we're shutting him out in the way. And so I, I did um, work really hard and, and I um, got a good score and I was able to get into a course that I thought was a good plan and I went off and started studying law thinking, well, lawyers make a lot of money, let's do that. Not a good idea to not study legal studies at all, in high school and then jump straight into a law degree. That I can t- Don't do that, kids. Um, but I thought it was a good plan. In fact, I would talk about it to other people, to course advisors, to teachers. 
aunties, uncles, they thought it was a good plan. One month in, I absolutely hated what I was doing. I was so unsatisfied and I was fretting at what to do next. My plan was falling apart. Five months later, I quit, not knowing what was going to come next, but knowing that I could no longer stay in something that I absolutely hated. And so uh, a couple of years go by, I start working full-time, trying to make sure I'm not that girl that quits uni and does nothing. And uh, my beautiful parents uh, let me go along that ride, giving me advice where it was needed, but really not trying to tell me what to do either. And I thank them for that because they knew that it was God that had to show me what was next. And so I ended up in another uni course some, sometime down the track thinking, let's give science a go. That sounds good. And that's what I did in high school. And yes, I'm a major nerd, maths and science nerd, and I love numbers. But I thought, well, that sounds good. That fits my personality profile. Did some things online. Yep, that's going to work for me. Once again, loved Jesus, went to church, did my thing on Sundays, did some backing vocals sometimes. I wasn't away from the Lord, but I wasn't giving him room to speak into my call. And sure enough, he forced his way in and he kept saying to me, I, I was have, have these bizarre encounters with him in my bedroom as a, as a 19-year-old and studying what I thought was my next good plan and, and I just, I knew the Lord was saying, you need to quit and you need to go to Bible college. This was not on my agenda at all. No one in my life had said you would be good, well suited to Bible college. Not one person. Remember, at this time, my family weren't in ministry. We'd been in church, but my brother wasn't a pastor. My parents weren't pastors. No one was saying, hey, can you take on the mantle, go to Bible college? And uh, there we go. That wasn't the case at all. And yet the Lord was saying to me so clearly, you need to quit and you need to go to Bible college. Got to a point where I was nearly going to go crazy if I ignored it. And so that's what I did. And here I am. It's not as simple as that. That was 12 years ago, but here I am. So hopefully you feel like you know me a little better. But I can certainly say I don't think it was God's plan for me to waste that time. And yet he has so much grace that he would help me get back on track. And, and finally my ears, would, my ears and my eyes would be open to what he had to say for my, the call on my life. This is going off track a little bit off my, my notes, but I just felt to say out loud as well that about myself, um, and I say this to the kids upstairs when I'm in kids' church too, so they understand that me holding a microphone and speaking to you, I count it as a great privilege, and I do know that this is part of the call of God on my life to do ministry, and sometimes that will be vocal um, with a microphone, but it, it really doesn't fit my personality profile. Really, really doesn't. In fact, I was crippled with uh, shyness as a child. I was very, very shy. The friends that I had, this is what I tell the kids, the friends I had when I was a kid were only my friends because they come up to me and said, Can, do you need a friend? And I'd be like, yeah. And I mean, to be honest, in 2019, we'd probably almost label it as child anxiety. But, and I've gone through things where the Lord's helped me in confidence and and skill sets and things, but this does not fit my personality profile. And yet here I am. I just felt to share that. Some of us are called to ministry, to the marketplace, to government, to social justice, to parenting well, to education, and yet all of us will only be trusted 
with the much if we can be trusted with the little? Are you going to take those first steps? Are you going to do the somewhat meaningless tasks that are still part of the call? In Luke 16.10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. God is looking for your faithfulness in the little steps, the moments that seem meaningless, the tasks that seem insignificant and forgettable, the things that no one praises you for, the times when you're just being you and no one knows your name. If He can trust you in your small, He knows He can trust you as your purpose continues to unfold and grow. What's the next step that you need to take? Are you pausing to let him tell you? He knows what he's doing and that's the best part. I don't know why he decided to choose me to do some of the things I get to do. I really don't know why sometimes, but he knows what he's doing. And my third point this morning, again, hear my heart. I've done some of these things. My third point is reasons why we don't walk it out or we stop walking it out. The Bible's full of examples, not for us to necessarily copy, but probably as warnings. Sometimes of what not to do. Here, here's some of these excuses, some of these reasons for some of the most used people in history. Moses. God wanted to use Moses to free the Israelites from slavery. That's a pretty massive call. History maker. Famous. And yet Moses decided to list the reasons and excuses to God for why God's plan wasn't going to work. Moses basically said, you've got the wrong guy. They're not going to believe me that you've told me to do this or that I talk to you. I don't communicate well enough. I don't have eloquent speech. There's got to be somebody else that can do this. So Moses had worked it out. He knew what his call was and yet he couldn't see how walking it out was going to be possible. It took God getting angry at Moses for him to be obedient. Can we not let our, ourselves get to that point? Don't, let, don't wait for God to get angry. Don't wait for him to give you that kick up the bum. Come on, you were meant to start taking that step a year ago. Here are some of the modern day excuses for why we don't walk it out. As I said before, I'm not suited. That doesn't fit my personality profile. I don't have the skills to accomplish that. I have too much baggage that I'm trying to work through before I can start to walk it out. There is never too much baggage, my friend. Let God decide. Let God decide and let him deal with that. Another one. I was imagining something different for my life. I'm not actually that excited now that I've worked it out. I'm not motivated anymore. God didn't promise you an eternity of motivation. What he said is that he knows the plan he has for you and he knows it's good. One of hope, not one of constant motivation and excitement. Jeremiah was called by God as well to be a prophet and to be a preacher. In Jeremiah 1 verse 8, God said to him, 
knowing that it wasn't going to be an easy walk. Do not be afraid of their faces. Talking about the people that Jeremiah was going to have to uh, preach to, the, the priests. For I am with you to deliver you. And yet years later, it was as if Jeremiah had forgotten that God had said, well, yeah, it's not going to be rosy the whole time, but don't be afraid. I'm with you. This is your call. This is what you were made to do. And he couldn't handle the flack that he was getting. He couldn't handle the times that it wasn't going great. And so Jeremiah thought that it might be a good idea to just stop, to stop prophesying. He was still hearing and seeing the word of the Lord, but he thought he would stop. Didn't work out well for Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 20 verse 9, it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. You know, when God's placed a call on your life, a purpose, and you start walking it out, I can tell you it's not a great idea if you decide to stop. If he hasn't told you to stop, but you can't handle it anymore, and you've maybe, instead of stopping and asking him for some help, you just decide to stop. You almost go a little crazy. Thank you, Jesus. God gives us peace when we are walking in obedience. When you're outside of your purpose, you may not always have peace. But he will give you peace when you're walking in obedience. He will illuminate your path. I really feel to repeat that this morning. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord doesn't want to leave you in the dark. If you feel like you've been in that place, you know Jesus and you love him, but you kind of feel like you're in the dark. R-P-P-R. Read, pray, pause, repeat. And my last appendix to my message, not quite a major point, but it's really important. The walk is going to take work. Like I said before, it's not always going to be exciting. There's going to be times of monotony, even when you're walking in your call and you know you are. That's okay, it's normal. There's going to be times of drought. That's okay, it's normal. You're probably not going to be famous. Most of us in this room are not going to be famous from walking out our call, and that's okay. He knows you by name, and your unique call is so very important to him. If you think about the example of one of the major miracles of Jesus in the New Testament, when the, the loaves of bread and the fish were multiplied for thousands of people, a miracle, that doesn't happen. You can't cut up a piece of bread into a tiny little thing and call that a meal. Or we would teach the kids in kids' church about it, that it was a definite miracle, that the food was multiplied by Jesus to feed the thousands of people there. And yet I think about the people who had to distribute that food to thousands of people. Unnamed, not famous, not getting the credit, yet key people for that miracle to take place. The distribution of the food. That was work. 
In fact, it probably got tiring and boring. That was work, and yet they were part of a historical, life-changing story that is still in the Word of God. Are you willing to do the thing without the credit? Let's check our hearts, hey. You're not always going to get credit. Just be thankful when you do. Don't be afraid of the work. Don't let that culture get into who you are, that 21st century, first world problem. I've had enough of the work. It doesn't get you anywhere. If you're able-bodied, God will sustain you. He will carry your burdens. He will make possible the impossible. He will give you mercy for your mistakes and grace to equip you to continue your walk. He's so good. He's so good. Remember at the start when I stood up here, I said, I'm not going to have the answers for you. In fact, this is almost an open-ended message. But I pray that it will be a prompting, whoever you are, man, woman, teenager, retired from your profession, have you already worked it out? Are you in the process of working it out? You think you worked it out, but you got it wrong. Whoever you are, let this be a prompting that you will go and seek him for his next steps in your life. He wants to illuminate them. Remember, R-P-P-R, read, pray, pause, repeat. I cannot give you the answers. It's not my job. But I certainly want to point you to him and point you to his word. So this morning, we get to share communion together. And I'm going to continue to speak a little bit and pray as well. So as we, as we prepare for communion, I'm going to ask you to just stand where you are as our ushers get our tables ready. And wherever you are, you're gonna, I want you to close your eyes just in this place. Before we come to the communion tables, just close your eyes. So I believe that because we all are in different places with where we're at, with whether we think we know what we're doing, whether we're on the right track, I know that the Lord needs to come and minister to our hearts he knows what he needs to say to you, what he needs to show you in this moment. So I just want to give him time to do that. And I'm just going to pray and I'm going to thank him that as the good father that he is, he wants to show you what's next. Maybe it's not as much as what you want to see. Maybe it's just enough. And he will say to you, will you obey? Will you trust me? Will you step out in faith and know that I'm not going to leave you in the dark? I'm not going to ask you to do something that's going to harm you. You are so important to me, says the Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here among us today. Holy Spirit, just come and speak. Come and do what only you can do. Come and bring answers that not one of us can give. We need your direction. We need your instruction. 
we thank you for your forgiveness of all the times that we stepped outside of the lane that you had for us, for all the times that we thought it might be a good idea to try and copy somebody else who was prosperous and successful instead of just asking, what am I to do for you, God? Lord Jesus, I ask you to minister to those who are brokenhearted about not being where they thought they would be. For where hope is lost and deferred, come and bring hope again, God. For all the times, God, for those who have tried to measure their success and they've been left feeling a little underwhelmed. Come and show them, God, that you don't measure the way we measure. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're touching hearts right now. Thank you, Lord. Don't be afraid of the silence. We're going to do communion really soon, but I just want to give the Lord a another moment. This was not a motivational message. This is a prompting. And for some of you, it's going to be a space for healing, for hurt, for disappointment. For the Lord to break off lies that have been spoken over your life, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. You don't look right. Let him speak. Let him direct. Let him instruct. And let no other voice be louder than his. Dreams, visions, still small voice. confirmations, prophecies, wise counsel. Be listening this week. Read, pray, pause, repeat, and let him speak into your purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to come around time. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.